Hello, everybody. My name is Henry Rollins, and you are listening to KUCI Irvine. Hold on to that dial for dear life. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good afternoon. This is Carrie Rhodes. I'm your host of the Parenting Hour. And joining me again this week to follow up on a very important puberty discussion is Leslie Dixon, founder and executive director of the Birds and Bees Connection. She is the mother of two grown children and has been a school nurse for more than 20 years. She holds a degree in nursing and has taught family life, life science, health science, and sexual health education at school districts in Orange and Los Angeles County. And of course, her unique comprehensive parent-child preparation for puberty and adolescence courses have been taught since the early 90s throughout Orange and Los Angeles County and are currently being offered to selected school districts, youth groups, and religious organizations. Welcome back, Leslie. Gary, thank you for having me back. Well, I appreciate that you took time out of your busy schedule. I know this is a busy time of year with all the courses that you offer, and I want to let families know that they can go to info at birdsandbeesconnection.com, spelled out. That's info at B-I-R-D-S-N-B-E-E-S-Connection.com. And, of course, the website is birdsandbeesconnection.com, and they can look at tips on how to prepare with their child for puberty and, of course, look at your ongoing courses. So last time you are on air, we talked about kind of some of your beginning courses, but I'm wondering if you can kind of cover the spectrum that you have and then also how are we tackling this topic in public schools? So when I started out uh, back in the early 90s um, and then started my business 15 years ago, we started with our first course, um, and that was for tweens and their parents. So that's fifth and sixth grade, um, and that's called Rites of Passage. And what I found that the importance of parents coming together at this very critical time with their tweens because they have so many questions, and in reality, they've entered uh, puberty at this point. Right. So our courses are for, as I said, parents and children. This is the fifth and sixth grade, and we handle all there is to know about puberty because this is the most important part. Right. We talk a little bit about hygiene because we know there's stinky things. Um, and we talk about a little bit about nutrition because also this part of time of their life is really important to eating healthy. Um, our next session is about self-esteem, so important. Yeah, crucial, especially with the proliferation of media and the Internet and all these social sites and things really just impact kids' self-esteem and the bullying that we're seeing in that space as well. It's really true. And in this course, um, if it's our mother-daughter course, um, we actually invite the father to come with the daughter. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's important because fathers have just an enormous impact on their daughter's self-esteem. That's right. And if there isn't a father, at least some, you know, um, male um, representation is really great Mm -hmm. to help them feel good about themselves. 
um, and to really help young people to understand what this term self-esteem means. We use it all the time. We do. And now this really helps that young people to understand what the term means and how it applies to them and in their life. And then, of course, we talk about social media. This is such an important topic. And in many cases, parents really don't understand the scope. And what's even more funny is that most of them don't know how much their children know. <laughs> right. When they finish that class, they're going, oh, my gosh, my children know so much. Yeah, they want to hire their child as a tutor. That's right. <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's the scary part. Um, and the very last session in that particular fifth, sixth grade, we mm -hmm. actually talk about where babies come from. Okay. And it's very appropriate. It's done in the context of, you know, husband and wife, preparing for children. Um, and the whole concept is has this abstinence base to it. Um, my philosophy is if you give them information and you educate them and you empower them, they're going to make good choices. Right. Um, and one of the concerns of parents is if you tell them this information, they're going to go out and engage. And all the research says quite the opposite. The right. more engaged, the more empowered, the more informed, um, the less likely they are to engage in these topics. And again, the parent is there hearing the same thing that the child is hearing. So that's our sort of anchor course. On either side, we have a course for fourth grade mothers and daughters called Puberty A. Cute. Um, we do have a little T, um, and that's the basics. Because as I said before, young people are entering puberty earlier, so they need to have information. And it is just the basics, physical and emotional changes, um, hormones, right. genes, and we do talk about hygiene. And for girls, we talk a little bit about puberty, about periods, because they do know about this, but they don't understand the terminology, and it's really there to help them feel comfortable and to bond with their mothers and to help their mothers have the language and the comfort to continue the conversation right. with their daughter. And what I appreciate about it is any opportunity to build child connectedness and child-parent connectedness is so crucial. And so I think that your courses do that beautifully well. Well, that's why connection is very much a part of the topic, right. the title of our, you know, of my business. Um, so we, we finished with that one. And then for boys, because I think having a course for fathers and sons is just as important and we do have what's called guy talk and that's fourth and fifth grade um, and it's the same we, we, that we do the basics we talk about hygiene and we really help fathers um, to prepare for you know talking with their sons about this topic now that being said depending on what the construct of the family is um, we accommodate you know any situation you know and more and more I know that the family looks different and we right. are definitely there to be sensitive to that our language is sensitive to that that's great and it's important that all parents know that they are welcome and we are you know definitely accommodate any situation that's within that family you know unit um, on the other side of rites of passage is the bridge okay um, because the crucial year is that middle school year. These young people are going through a tremendous transition. They are in puberty, they are getting all kinds of outside information, and they're being bombarded with 
of information that their brains, and we talked about the brain last time, right. what a monumental change that their brains are going through at this time, and that they definitely need certain information. And they also need to know that their parent is part of the equation. So yes, it's a parent-child program, it's a two-session program, and we really deal with the topics that this age group needs, such as understanding their body, right. um, understanding the risks of social media, um, and we deal with STDs, because in the last you know talk we had, we understand that um, oral sex can come into the equation at this point, and we're starting to see, you know, we have this increase of sexually transmitted diseases. So we do, we do talk about those topics. Everything has um, consequences. We um, really help critical thinking skills. They're very interactive. Um, and so it's a very... Um, it sounds very comprehensive, very this comprehensive collection. Very comprehensive, and it's fun. And it builds on one another, which it, I appreciate. Truly. I mean, we start a puberty and we build on each of the courses. The other thing that's important that I really want to mention is that after each of our courses, it's not that um, we have these courses and we leave parents just to deal with the, you know, the ongoing conversations. We mention, don't forget to talk to your children and vis-a-vis -vis your children to talk to you, but we offer all kinds of ongoing information, newsletters, blogs, you know, staying in touch. So parents never feel like they're on this journey by themselves. So you're basically, you're saying, here's the structure. We have the developmentally appropriate curriculum, and we're making sure that you are this guiding person in your child's life during this transition. You're a, a major influential voice in their life. It's true. I mean, I, you know, as Terry said, I have been in the schools. I've taught just, you know, the students. Mm -hmm. But what I have found after teaching all these years that the, you, the parent, are the most important person. All the research that's out there, Kaiser Foundation, CDC, um, Alan J. Guttmacher, all say that young people want their parents to talk with them. They want to be able to, you know, have these conversations. They want that connection. And unfortunately, it's not happening. There's this great statistic. 90% of parents want to be these educators, want right. to be able to talk to their children. Unfortunately, only percent actually do. And these young people are hungry for these conversations. So our very last course is for uh, 9th, 10th, and 11th grade. Okay. And this is a crucial time as well. And I have the parent there actually for a little bit at the beginning, a little bit at the end. And then the educators, certified educators, um, sit down with these young people, um, these teenagers that are going through transmit transitional time yeah. and um, getting all this information, especially about sexuality, even about drugs. Um, and we have these open, honest conversations um, with information that's important for them at this stage in their life. It gives them the opportunity not only to be educated, but to get their information from you know, experts, certified educators, um, and they're hungry for information. So what I find is their questions are amazing. Right. And here's the other thing that really concerns me. They are so misinformed. <laughs> I would I would imagine so they are. Well, because where are they getting it? They're getting it from their peers, peers who are probably getting it from the Internet. Right. And, you know, probably half these kids have never had a conversation with their parent. But the m thing I find most disturbing is now I, I was going online. I'm looking up things. Now we've 
mandated vaccines. And the word mandate is there. It's very important, right? And so now all these parents, you know, the school district says we've mandated vaccines. The state says it. So all these parent bodies have to mobilize and get their kids vaccinations or they have to get waivers or whatever their family's preferences is. Now, it also says that sex education is mandated. But yet this is not happening in schools. And so these kids are hungry for the information. And you have parents that probably likely they don't know what to be teaching. What's happening in schools, Leslie, that this is not being taught? Well, you know, as a health educator, sexual health educator, you know, this is, and all of us, all of us in this field, you know, are very frustrated by all these situations. And I, one of the challenges, it is a difficult topic. It and is, right. every parent, every person has their own values, beliefs around this topic. So, you know, it's a difficult topic to teach necessarily when everybody has different, you know, beliefs around it. Right. Um, unfortunately, in this country, you know, we are probably the most sexualized with everything that's around us, and yet we are the ones who are the most afraid to talk about this topic. So the answer to your question really is, is that we've always had the uh, mandate to a certain extent to be to teach this information especially when HIV AIDS came on to right. the, you know uh, you know became something we started to talk about and we started to have conversations around that were they comprehensive conversations no not necessarily should we be teaching more information absolutely, absolutely. so mm -hmm. um in as of January, there is a brand new bill that was signed by Governor Brown that was mandated that really kicks up sex education. So tell, so for those people that are not familiar, uh, first of all, I want to welcome the listeners that might be just joining us. You're listening to 88.9 FM KUCI in Irvine, and I have Leslie Dixon founder and executive director of the Birds and Bees Connection on air with me today. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about her programs and, and, and of course, parent and child preparation for puberty and adolescence, you can go to her website. It's birdsnbeesconnection.com. And we're just discussing this new law that was signed by Governor Brown upping really the requirements for sex education or puberty education in schools. So the, the basic requirements are talking about anatomy, you know, and about STDs, uh, about relationships, um, a lot about gender identity. Um, so it's a very comprehensive, and it's exactly what young people need, also birth control. Um, and it's exactly what people need, young people need. Um, it starts at seventh grade, and this is the way the law sort of sets out that um, a certain amount, this education, needs to be disseminated um, either at the seventh or eighth, eighth grade level, um, and then again anywhere during the ninth through twelfth grade. So let me ask a question then. Sure. So we know, and uh, through my research I've learned, that puberty is happening a bit earlier. Now there's a lot of theories as to why this is, right. but really on average, girls, they start puberty before boys, between right. the ages of eight and ten, if I'm correct. Correct. And so that means within about two years, we're going to have girls menstruating that are as young as 12, Correct. but yet we're not required to teach us until eighth grade, which seems much too late to me. Right. I mean, the basics aren't being taught particularly. There are definitely, if we're talking about Orange County, there are 28 school districts. Right. And, you know, that's a lot of information. And they're also dealing with a lot of academics. You right. Know, common Especially core. Common Core. Common right. Common Core is very intensive. And I would like to add that Common Core is going to be more incentivized than puberty education. 
more than likely yes you know so there are all these challenges and I totally understand them um, and as a sexual health educator as a health, you know as a health educator it is so important to address these changes these physical emotional changes that are happening in these young people right and it should be it should be addressed earlier than later and it doesn't necessarily mean they have to talk about STDs. No, or, or, or of course, come from those particular developmentally topics. appropriate Absolutely. for where the child's at. And, and, you know, this is something that is so important because when we, when we discuss the education of the whole child, right. this is a major piece of the whole child. Right. This is a major piece, and it impacts um, their self-esteem, how they feel about themselves, um, how they deal with you know situations in their life mm -hmm. um, even academics that if you have a child who's you know really going through puberty and doesn't understand it and comfortable in their body their self-esteem is challenged this is going to challenge academics as well right and the other uh, you know really challenge is the information that they're getting from the internet so if we're not getting it at home and we're not getting it anything at school they are getting information from the internet and in many cases it's misinformation or it's information that oh, is right. potentially harmful and concerning for their healthy growth and development. Yeah, there's a lot of doors to open on the internet. Unfortunately, many of them don't go to the right source of information. Correct, and in so many cases, they're not being monitored, you know, because things are changing so dramatically on the internet that, you know, parents can't always get a handle on it. So it's really important that you know, here, here's this whole village. Right. There's that village that raises a child. And it truly is, you know, true. Um, some of the school districts have eliminated that fifth grade, you know, parent-child talk. And, you know, we're not really addressing the educational needs of young people when it comes to um, sexual health, to the information they need about STIs, about you know their bodies in general, um, and it will impact. Not only is it impacting the statistics that we're seeing, but it costs taxpayers a tremendous amount of money when you know young people have to be treated for these issues. Right now, I think you had some t statistics that you shared um, with me off air that what is the the burden or the cost of teenage pregnancy and STIs? What does that cost taxpayers? About $9 billion each year, you know, to deal with the issues that we have out there. And that's a tremendous amount of money. Now, you know, it has gone down a little bit with the decrease of, you know, teen pregnancy. So those things are important to look at. Well, with access to contraceptives, right, especially right. for young women, bearing that responsibility. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Education still is the most important part. We can, you know, give young people, you can give girls contraception mm -hmm. and that will decrease adolescent pregnancy. There's no doubt about it. Um, but that's not the that's not going to decrease STDs. Mm -hmm. um, and again, those numbers are really high. Yeah. Part really is mm -hmm. education. I mean, we come, you know, we can go around and around, and I think when it really comes down to it, mm -hmm. if the village, that being all of us, aren't willing to 
get properly educated, so parents properly educated, you know, teachers properly educated, the community properly educated, and willing to have these honest, open conversations with young people. We're, con we're going to continue to see these statistics, and we put Band-Aids on it, mm -hmm. you know, and it really doesn't solve the problem, and it doesn't serve our young people. They deserve to be properly educated from adults, not from the Internet and not from their peers. Right, and I appreciate that. And the thing is, where, it, I mean, I, I think I've seen a lot of things happening. I'm sure there's a lot of meetings that are happening surrounding this bill. Uh, have you attended any of these meetings? And what is the, what is the future for sexual education in schools? I have. And I'm really excited about it because I felt like, wow, we finally are coming together. We're having open conversations. We're starting to move forward. And I, you know, what I, what I experience, I have to say, is a little bit frustrating because I really understand what the districts are facing. Um, this is a lot to institute. Mm -hmm. um, you have to train the educators. Um, you have to get the right curricula. You have to get buy-in from 28, you know, districts. Of parents as of, well. Of parents as well. This is, you know, monumental. I totally understand this. Um, so it's probably like moving a big rock uphill. It is. Mm -hmm. um, and what I'm hearing is it's going to take a while. And that's concerning because the statistics are still, you know, creeping up. Mm -hmm. And it is impacting young people and you know if we really are looking at the total welfare of young people's bodies minds then this is a part that needs to be instituted sooner than later the longer we wait you know this is a challenge to young people in our community and it's important that parents administrators, everyone in this community get involved and see if we can move this forward sooner than later to help our young people in the community. So what does that look like? What can parents do? Is this a matter of contacting their principals? Is this a matter of PTAs mobilizing? What does this look like? Because obviously it's going to be somewhat of a grassroots type of an effort here. It's absolutely true. Um, I think it's parents. I think parents need to look at this topic and really get involved. Um, it is an important topic. It's a very important topic. So they need to go to the school district. They need to go to their schools and see what can be, you know, what their schools can offer to them. Um, that PTA absolutely can get involved. You know, they are probably the most powerful people in the school districts that, you know, they have to be willing to take a stand and be willing to realize that this is an important topic um, for their children, um, for the school districts in general, and then the principals and need to be willing to you know, sit down with parents and teachers and come up with solutions and workable solutions mm -hmm. that we can institute sooner to help these young people so they don't have to deal with these topics alone or alone and too late alone and too late and so really if, if parents too late. 
Well, we're already too late. I mean, it's, it's just not happening in, yeah. in time. So if parents were to mobilize, then it would be probably PTAs coming together, maybe writing letters to the principal, or maybe writing letters to, to whom? Would they write to a, a school district person? Or are there people that are in charge of these meetings that you've been attending that maybe would be fielding letters from families? Um, well, the person who was really in charge at our meeting was Chris Corliss. Oh, okay. Um, he was the person who was definitely having to deal with this. You know, I totally understand. It's and a huge task for him. It's a huge task. Yeah. With this, you know, 28 districts, you know, everybody's um, having to deal with this. I totally understand that. Um, and he really is the one who has to deal with this. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, understanding from parents their concerns right. that hopefully they would like to immobilize it sooner right. than later. Um, and the more he hears, then right. the more hopefully we can move it quicker through the process and get classes in there, even starting younger. Let's, you know, bring back those classes for, you know, fifth grade. Um, so right. they're prepared. Um, and as I said, it's really going to help holistically. Yes. Um, and that's important for our young people and our future adults. Yeah, just to be wholly educated. And I so appreciate that you came on air with me today. And again, those of you here that are joining us at the end of the hour, you're, I'm Carrie Rhodes. I'm your host of the Parenting Hour. And Leslie Dixon, founder and executive director of the Birds and Bees Connection, has joined me on air. She's actually been with me the last two weeks. So if you're interested in her organization and these comprehensive parent-child preparation for puberty and adolescence courses she offers, you can go online to birdsnbsconnection.com. And additionally, if you have any questions for her about this topic or uh, maybe just some of the meetings she's attended or you want to learn about having classes, you can go to info at birdsandbeesconnection.com. And so, again, thank you so much for joining me on air, Leslie. Thank you for having me. Yes, and you know, this topic actually will really lead into the topics I'm going to be covering over the next few weeks because we're looking at uh, we're looking at these ideals that happen when kids get the wrong information and how that impacts dating violence. So I'm going to have some experts come on air for that. We're going to be talking about self-esteem development and how that's important, how social media is impacting that. And I'm probably going to be joined by some people that will be talking about internet safety and how to really protect our kids here in this realm of social media. So Leslie, as this topic grows and maybe as there's some more information that you have on updates of how this is progressing in public schools, would you be willing to join me back on air? Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Again, you've been listening to The Parenting Hour. I'm Carrie Rhodes. Tune in next week for some more lively discussions on topics that are important to you as the parent and in your parenting relationship for the health and well-being of your children. You've been listening to 88.9 FM, KUCI in Irvine.